from the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 41 through 44. Mark 12, 41 through 44. Um, as you're able, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? Mark 12, 41 through 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today we're continuing our series on the gifts of love, and as I said earlier, this is our our stewardship campaign for 2019 as we think about our, um, think and pray about our giving for the next year. And this morning I kind of want to get into some nitty gritty uh, of tithing and giving, but I don't want us to forget about the backdrop of this scripture and what we talked about last week. Last week Jesus gave us the, the greatest commandment, which we talked about was really three commandments. God is one. God's the only one. That we're to love the only true God with all of ourselves, our heart, soul, mind, strength. And we're to love our neighbor as ourself. And so one of the ways that we're to love God with our whole selves is through our giving, through our finances. And I want us to learn some things about the way God views our giving from this passage about the widow's offering. And here's the first thing. God cares about our giving. God cares about your giving. The scripture says that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Sat there and watched the crowd put their money into the temple treasury. That word watch in the Greek means to look at with interest. To look at with interest. He just wasn't seeing something. He was intently looking at these people as they put their money and their offerings in the temple treasury. God cares about our giving. He cares about our giving because he has a plan for our giving. And that plan is called tithing. That word tithe literally means, I know we use literally a lot nowadays, but literally it actually means one-tenth. And so the only way that you can tithe to your local church is to give 10% of your income. You literally cannot tithe People say, I'm tithing 5% to my church. No, you're not. Literally, you're not. You're giving 5%, but you're not tithing. Because tithing means 10%, one-tenth. But in, in this idea of tithing, and you know, over the years, 
I viewed a few reasons why people don't tithe. Some people don't tithe because they've never been taught to tithe. And I hope as your pastor that that is never the case because I believe in tithing. I I believe it's biblical and scriptural. I think it's something for us today as the church to do. Um, And so if you have any questions about tithing, I would be happy to talk to you about it. But I think some people have not been taught to tithe. You know, and some people think, well, I don't need to tithe because that's from the Old Testament. You know, we're, we're, the, we're the new church. We're the new covenant. We're the New Testament. That's the Old Testament. That's under the law. We don't have to tithe. There's this passage in Genesis 14, 20. Abraham, he gives a tenth of all that he owns to King Melchizedek, who is a uh, priest of God. He does this before there's ever the Ten Commandments, before there's any kind of law. And so what that tells us is, Tithing was before the law, tithing was under the law, during the law, and tithing is after the law, even for the New Testament, the New Covenant Church. Um, And tithing is one of the few things that God invites us to test him with. He encourages us to test him with tithing and with giving. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Other translations said, test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. God invites us, test me. And you test me with with your tithe and I will pour out blessings from heaven. Now, a lot of pastors have, have erroneously and whatever, taught that this means some kind of material blessing. And hey, God can do that. But God's really talking about a spiritual blessing. He may bless you with a peace that passes all understanding. He may bless you with even more faith because you are trusting him with uh, your pocketbook and your wallet and your, your bank account. He, he's going to bless you through your giving. And so God invites us to test him with tithing. And so some people don't give because they haven't been taught. Some people don't tithe because they've tried to tithe the wrong way. They tried to tithe the wrong way. A lot of times what we'll do is, hey, God, listen. All right, here's the, here's the first of the month. Listen, God, here's my deal. Um, after I've um, paid all my bills and after I've done all that I want to do, and um, I've done all my entertainment, I've gone to the game, um, we've gone out to eat a couple of dozen times during the month, if, if anything is left over afterwards, God, that, I'll tithe then. That's how, I'm, that's how we'll do. That's the opposite. I'm going to flip it and reverse it for you this morning. God invites us to tithe off of the top at the very beginning. Whatever you, however you get paid, whether it's the first of the month or every other week, at the beginning. That's what Chris and I have done since the beginning of our marriage is we have tithed off the top. We have tithed off the top before taxes. Now listen, that's, 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 a, that's a decision that we have made. Um, I'm not going to be all legalistic about this part. You can make that decision between you and God, but that's what we've done. And guess what? We have never been in want. We've never been in need. We have had everything that we could possibly imagine. Um, and we've been blessed. Um, not only do we give off the top, 
um, before taxes, we schedule it through our church's website. Um, and we do that because this is non-negotiable. Um, you know, I don't even think about it, really. Um, and you might say, well, Alan, you should be thinking about your tithe. Well, I, I have. Because at the beginning of the year, I said, this is what we're making. And this is what 10% looks like. And this is what I'm going to schedule to give every month. And it, it comes out every month. It's one of those non-negotiables. It's not something we sit down every month. Well, you know, guess we should, probably shouldn't tithe this month. Looks like it's going to be a lot. No. It just, it just comes out. Um, because it's that important to us uh, to give. I want to share with you a passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians. Paul, um, his letters to the Corinthian church are all written because he is collecting an offering for the Christians in Jerusalem. And so one of the passages from 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 through 4, says this. He says, Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. He's saying, take it off the top, the beginning of the week. Take all the money, so that when I get there, you don't have to scrounge around and you don't have any excuse, well, we spend it all on this or that or that. So take it off the top. So some people uh, don't, don't, don't tithe because they, they haven't been taught. Some people don't tithe because they've tithed the wrong way. And some people refuse to do so no matter what God says. No matter what God says. Hear, hear me when I say this. I don't believe that tithing is a salvation issue. It's not. But I do believe that it's an obedience issue. And if we're not tithing, then we're being disobedient. And you might respond by saying, well, hell, that's just so legalistic. I mean, come on. Well, let's, just, let, let's, let, let's look at your, your personal finances for a moment. Your paycheck once a month or uh, the beginning of the week or however you get it. And you look at your paycheck and you're like, Hold on. I'm $50 short. I'm $100 short. Okay, well, let me go talk about it. Let's, let's, let me go explain this to my boss. Okay, you take it to your boss, and your boss says, Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm short. This is, I'm short. I work this much. This is how much I should get. And your boss says, Oh, you're being legalistic about it. You're being legalistic about it. Well, no, that's not. We don't do that in, in our regular day lives. But uh, God, in, God encourages and invites us to give. It's not being legalistic. It is inviting us to trust him with, uh, with, with all that we have and increasing our faith. So God cares uh, about our giving. God cares about how we give. God cares about how we give. When it comes to giving, the attitude of the heart makes all the difference. The attitude of the heart makes all the difference. Listen, we all pay taxes, right? I hope you do. I hope you do. We all pay taxes. Um, I pay quarterly taxes. I don't have my taxes taken out by the church because I'm considered self-employed, which is a joy um, to quarterly pay those uh, self-employment taxes. Um, and so when I write out my check every quarter, I'm not that happy about it. Guess what? The IRS does not care about my heart. It wants my money. It doesn't care if I'm joyful or if I'm angry or if I'm sad or mad or what. They just want my money. Guess what? God cares about your heart. 
He cares not just what you're giving, but about how you're giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Listen, the kind of giving that impresses God is giving that costs us. The kind of giving that impresses God is the kind that costs us. Again, it's the principle of giving off the top. If you're giving out of what's left over, you're not sacrificing anything. In fact, the only thing that you're sacrificing is what you give to God. You're giving Him less. I'm telling you what, if I could look at some budgets, I could find some fluff. I could find some fluff. I mean, it may mean that, you know, it costs you a couple of nights out to eat. It might mean it costs you a couple of fancy coffees or drinks. It might mean it costs you uh, this or that kind of entertainment. But I'm telling you, we all have room to give to God. Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. The widow, though what she gave was small in the amount that she gave, she gave everything she had. She sacrificed everything. It cost her that day. It cost her to give what she gave that day. While the rich, the others that were giving, they barely felt it. Barely. I find these words of C.S. Lewis uh, convicting uh, in this regard when he wrote in Mere Christianity. He wrote these words. He says, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts and luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. If our charities do not pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot because our charitable expenditures excludes them. I'm going to read that again. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot because our charitable expenditures excludes them. The giving that most impressed God is one that cost us. God cares about how we give. And God cares about how much we give. Although what she gave was not much in monetary value, the widow gave all that she had. Jesus could remain silent no longer, and he said, she has given more than all the rest. God cares about how much we give, but it's not the way that you think. Tithing is proportional. 10% for me is different than 10% for you. And not to mention that Jesus is really lifting up this widow because she gave everything. Tithing is just the minimum. This is entry-level faith. Tithing is entry-level faith. The widow shows us an even greater level of faith and trust in God by giving everything that she had. Everything that she had. You, you, those who argue that the New Testament church shouldn't tithe, I can make that argument. I can make the argument that Christ calls us to give everything. 
You want to keep with tithing now? Yeah. This is entry-level faith. Scripture says those two coins were just a few cents. Some commentaries even say just less than a penny. Yet Jesus chose to lift her up above all others because the gift cost her and she gave out of faith. You know, there's no evidence that the woman ever knew uh, what Jesus thought about her gift. We don't ever see that in Scripture. There's no evidence that she ever became a prosperous woman in this life. It's possible that she went home and starved to death. But I sincerely doubt it. What a surprise one day when she stood before the Lord and she heard him say, I saw what you did and it thrilled my heart. It thrilled my heart. Let me close by reading 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. Again, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, encouraging them to give to uh, this offering for uh, the church in Jerusalem. And he offers us this example. He says, Now I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it for their own free will. They begged us again and again for this gracious privilege of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes, for their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord. Listen, God does not want your money. He wants you. He wants you. And yet we cannot give our whole selves to Him apart from our money and our finances and our bank accounts. Listen, I could, I, I could make you sit here all day. And I could stand up and I could talk about this principle of tithing all day long. And, and some of you would get something out of it. Maybe not a lot. Uh, you might learn something. Maybe you wouldn't. I simply want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to imagine that scene that day at the temple. Jesus doesn't come back to the temple after this. And yet he has chosen as one of his last acts to sit opposite of the treasury box and watch the people give their offering to God. And so I want you to imagine that scene. People are coming to give their offering to God and you are one of those people. And just like those people, you have no idea that Jesus, that God is watching you. As you walk up to the treasury box and reach out to drop your offering in the box, as you reach out to, to place your offering in the offering plates, what do you think Jesus is thinking? Is Jesus impressed by your gift? Are you impressed by your gift? Man, no one's giving as much as I am. Whew. What would Jesus think about your heart at that moment? Are you giving cheerfully and, and joyfully and, and without reluctance? Is it hurting you to give? Is it costing you anything to give? 
Are you going to miss out on some luxury or convenience because of what you're giving? I think a good practice for us is to think about Jesus, you know, sitting there in the back. Maybe he's over here in the corner. Watching us with interest as we give. And and he's not watching us like some overbearing supervisor who's making sure we're crossing all our T's and dotting all our I's. Because that's not the kind of God we serve. He's watching us as we give to see if we will take that leap of faith and will trust him with our whole selves. Our hearts, our minds, our souls, our strengths, even with our wallets and our pocketbooks and our bank accounts. God wants us to love him with our whole selves. Everything that we have. And we cannot do that. We cannot love God with our whole selves when we have a stranglehold on our money. God loves you. God loves you. And God wants you to love him with everything you have. Everything you have. God wants you to offer him the greatest gift that you can give, which is the gift of yourself. Amen. Heavenly Father, Father, I know that for many of us, this this issue of money is touchy. But it represents who we are. It represents the things that are important in our life. And so, You want us that fact. Father, I thank you for the generosity of this church. I thank you for their faith and trust in you. Help us where we need to stretch and to grow in our faith. Lord, examine our hearts in our minds. Help us to grow in our faith and trust in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.